are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your here are your This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entrance sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Well, hello, this is the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, and I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And we're your happy dandy hosts, serving up a bunch of food here at the Sci-Fi Diner. And tonight, we're going to be serving up a food from a, po- a podcast, not a podcast, it's actually a comic book called The Nordic. Mm-hmm. Now, you did not have a chance to sit in on this interview, Miles. No, I haven't. Yeah, it was, it was midday, you were working, it was kind of off, and... This guy said, hey, let's interview. And I was like, oh, we'll do the interview. Mm-hmm. The Nordic, these guys from the Nordic are putting out a comic book that deals with North, Miso- North mythology and the aliens in North mythology. It's oh, quite cool. interesting. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we've had a chance over the past to actually feature some comic book artists. Oh, right. Legends of the Space Lord, Mor- Mofo. Mm-hmm. And these guys are doing what I really th- think is a kind of unique bent and twist on the whole comic genre. And it is taking something... When we think of aliens, we think of what? The Greys, typically? Right. Yeah, the Greys and... and uh, but, but really what they're doing is taking something like the North, the Norths, um, the legends of North alien, Norse aliens, if I can speak here, uh, they were blonde-haired, blue-eyed hmm. creatures, like look kind of like us. Interesting. So it's kind of interesting. Look, you're going to hear them talk about it, but these are the guys from the Nordic, so we hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. With me tonight, Miles couldn't make it, but with me tonight, um, I have some great guests with us. We have talked to different people in the comic book world. And while the Sci-Fi Diner doesn't exclusively focus on comic books, you've heard interviews with people like Peter David most recently, who does comics for Supergirl, Aqua, Aquaman, and, uh, and many, many others. Young Justice, I think she even did comics for Babylon 5. Uh, you've also heard, you know, the the creators of the Legends of the Space Lord Mofo, as well as Brie Grant and her comic about the zombie apocalypse in New York City. Tonight, we're bringing you uh, what's hailed as being kind of a Scandinavian flavored comic called The Nordic. And I'm having a chance right now to sit down with J.W. Holmes. Welcome, J.W. or Jay. Thanks. Nice you. Yep. And uh, and uh, as well as. Mark Brer, who I believe is you're the artist behind it. Is that correct? That's right, Scott. Thank All you. Right. Yes. So welcome guys to the show. It's so great to have you here on the Sci-Fi Diner, sitting down, cup of coffee in hand, and us chatting over uh what you guys are doing. Great. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So we got to. I always like to establish a little bit of background. We're going to get into the Nordic and what all that entails in just a second. 
I'd like to find out a little bit about the people that we're interviewing here. And, and I thought, Jay, let's start with you. Uh, you first got into this venture as a writer. Talk about, right, yeah. talk about your, your interest in writing and where that, how that grew and maybe you know, how you came to be writing the type of stuff you are. What influences uh, kind of you know, built what, – what, what did you read as a kid, et cetera, that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, well, I'll tell you, um, like a lot of writers, of course, when I was a kid, um, you know, I started out reading a lot of the classics, you know, like Moby Dick and Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, you know, still probably one of my favorite books. Um, but as I grew um, in high school in the late 80s, uh, I started developing, you know, a hunger to actually write some of those books. And uh, that, of course, that passion grew as I went to college and uh, developed it, started publishing in probably the mid to late 90s. Um, and I started doing that prolifically, um, you know, year after year. And um, I had my first international releases in 2001 and 2003. Um, and after that, uh, of course, I'd been in broadcasting uh, during that time as well. And... Uh, I was in radio um, earlier uh, this century. I had a number one uh, radio show here in where I'm at in Lafayette, Indiana, and um, still writing, uh, still uh, you know doing my radio show. And um, there's a guy down the hall that had, um, you know, he had him and I became you know struck up as friends and whatever. And that's kind of where the Nordic really kind of was given birth i hadn't known it yet but that's that's where it really kind of started because he got me involved with he's one of those guys that really was into ufos and and alien species and uh paranormal stuff you know stuff that i think we're all kind of interested in but he was like really in depth in it and it was pretty entertaining to talk to that guy um at the time i was at i was doing radio i was also doing television as a producer and um i was getting stuck in the sports genre uh for our area that's that's the big mecca you know for us the big market and i was really trying to get out of that i'd launched a show called chromosphere which was an amateur astronomy show um i don't think our regional network was real thrilled with with my idea but um it was a passion that i had um being involved with astronomy and um it was one of those things that was more for myself more than it probably was for the public but I really enjoyed producing that. And as uh, my production uh, skills grew and the show started to grow, I, I got to a point, to be honest, I just wanted to branch out and uh, start producing stuff that, that were more kin to my nature. Um, and I was raised, you know, comic book-wise, I was raised a lot, like a lot of kids back in the 80s, probably like on Superman and, and Aquaman. You know, I'm one of the, the fans that uh, really does like that series. Um and, you know, Daredevil, stuff like that. And the X-Files, as a lot of people probably remember, came on in the 90s, too, uh, which really caught my eye. And it was, awesome you remember show. how it was back then. It was fresh. It was new. Um, I think the Fox Network was really having a lot of uh, good times with that series. And um, it, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of stood the test of time. Of course, the films haven't, ver- hasn't, haven't fared as well, but... Um, you know, a lot of that, I think, comes down to the writing, and that's where a guy like me would come in and write, you know, a really good uh, good product for him, because that's what it is. Um, 
so basically, you know, how it all kind of developed with the Nordic was um, when I was talking with that gentleman down the hall at the radio station who was into all those uh, alien species and stuff, he, he uh, mentioned a, a species called the Nordic, which I later found out is kind of like similar to the Anunnaki for people who are into that. And just hearing the Nordic, you know, really caught my ear. And being a Scandinavian guy, being a Norwegian-American, everything in my, in my life, you know, been, being uh, raised Norwegian-American has been somewhat Nordic, you know. Right. Um, and so I, I took an interest in that and uh, started looking up. Because, you know, really, I think most people, they know the greys, you know, and that's pretty much it. Maybe the reptilians a little bit. Right. Um, but the Nordics are kind of not well known, you know. And those are the, the ones that are kind of, um, they're blonde-haired and blue-eyed and whatever. And uh, they just kind of, you know, they're, they're, more, they're the most human-looking, I think, out of all of them. And uh, about 2008, I had really uh, took a serious interest in them uh, from a creative standpoint. And I really thought, you know, why hasn't anybody done anything with these guys? You know, because in all the all the UFOs and all the alien series that you see out there, you see mostly the grays or gray types or an insect species or something like that. But what about a race that looks really like us? You know, that would be that was kind of intriguing. And in about 2010, I finally sat down and um, I was really wanting to pursue a show that would uh, allow me to branch out in a product as a producer into the sci fi genre. Uh, if you remember, you know, all that, that for those 10 years, you, you know, the buildup that, that's been going on in Vancouver, uh, especially with the sci-fi genre. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I really wanted to be a part of that. I was real hungry to be a part of that. And I and I kind of took note from what NBC and Sky did with uh, Battlestar Galactica back in 2003 when mm-hmm. they produced it over in the U.K. And they didn't produce it here. And I kind of think they did that because it was a smaller market over there. If it didn't, because they, they kind of tweaked it a little bit, the storyline. If it didn't work over there, then, you know, they could save face over here and in the larger market being the United States. And so I went ahead and I wrote a script for a two-hour pilot uh, on the Nordic, and I shipped that over to, uh, with a production package and everything, to BBC and, uh, and Sky, um, the two major networks over in the U.K., and, um, yeah, I don't know. It was probably about a year, year and a half. Um, I'd been talking back and forth a little bit. It wasn't going to go anywhere. I could see that. Um, and it could have been because of budget or whatever like that, which I, my budget was kind of low. It was around, I want to say about 120 something, 170 something per episode, mm. uh, 170,000. Uh, when most series, you know, they're doing about a quarter of a million a series, you know, mm. uh, well per show for the, for, for their series. Right. So I was trying to keep it low. Um, but I eventually just got tired of, of the waiting, you know, which is easy to do. Right. Um, so I just went ahead and published the screenplay uh, last year. And this was last July, well, about a year ago, yeah, almost exactly. And uh, almost immediately, I think it was probably within 30 days, but that's pretty immediate, you know, for a new release, uh, for a new book. Um, I was getting uh, fan mail in return with comments like, you know, this would make for a great comic book. Um, when's this going to be turned into a TV show? Uh, things like that. And, you know, you know, and I would kind of joke with myself, well, you know, while I tried the TV show route, that's right. not going to, that's not going to fly right now. And I never really thought 
about doing a comic book before because I'd always been um, kind of from, even as a producer or broadcaster, the writing side of me was really more of a book-oriented author kind of guy or a screenplay kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I started, I couldn't get, get it out of my head, you know, do, to do the Nordic as a comic book. And, of course, I started looking at the quality of the writing in a lot of comic books today compared to probably about even 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and then now you've got comic books now that, you know, maybe you'll get two in a month. Maybe, maybe you don't get any at all for like two or three months, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because the comic book industry out there, they know that they have you as a fan. And you will wait, you know, for that next issue. And I think the writing's kind of gone downhill a little bit in some, in some series, you know, just because, you know, of, of who the main character is and the fan base is so strong, you know, for, the, for, for that character, uh, the writing, you know, can kind of deteriorate a little bit and they'll still, they'll still be having, you know, good sales. And at that time, I started seeing an opening for a comic that was fresh. It would be, it would be new. It would be cutting edge. And um, the more I started looking at the comic book industry as a whole, as a business, um, I started to see a lot of opportunity for the Nordic to really, you know, become a great comic series. Um, and that's when I started looking around for, for an artist. It, I, I really studied it for probably about two months. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, Scott. I mean, the more I, I looked into it, it was more like producing than publishing. <laughs> um, and there are so many different similarities um, that I was, I was really intrigued. You know, and because every time you turn around, you're because I mean, you know, you're you're basically doing uh, story storyboard art, you know, for for a show, right? You know, somewhere down the line, right? And you know, and that in the comic book industry, that's not hard to imagine, right? You know, well, really, no. no. Um, so I went out you know, looking for an artist, and uh, I put word out that I was looking for one, and a lot of the the applicants I got were were fine. You know, they were they were, uh, they were good people, but uh, they, I was looking for a, a particular quality of, of individual, um, and that's when I, I came across Mark, and him and I just hit it, hit it off right from the get-go. We had the same vision for the Nordic. Um, his artwork was um, exactly what I was looking for for the series. Uh, you could tell his artwork was uh, professionally done, and, you know, and it was, um, it was, it was uh, I think, lucky fate. You know, really to to bump into Mark, um, in the fact that he was so close by. You know, we could work together. You know, um, we, we you know we talked to each other probably about once a week and update each other. And then the rest of the week we we spent we spent working, you know, on on our projects and and on the comic. Um, and of course, you know, the Nordic is going to have a book companion with it. Um, and so, and we're I think we're we're even talking about doing a uh, graphic novel for Christmas. So I don't I don't know if Mark's real thrilled to hear that, you know, because uh, of the what? amount of yeah because yeah. yeah. the the amount of work that goes into that. But right. um, it, I mean, for what he does, you know, um, he brings the Nordic really alive, and I think you know, uh, with him as, as as a partner in this, it's going to give the fans exactly what they asked me for last year. Right, right. Well, now, uh, I want to back out before we, uh, Mark, I want to get to your side of the thing, uh, your side of the story as well. Um, You mentioned the X-Files, and, you know, there's a little bit of when you get into that sort of paranormal thing and the whole idea of uh, of aliens that 
this, the, the Nordics remind me a little bit of the shapeshifters that you really can't tell that they're alien. Is that kind of my is that a correct assessment? Um, you asking Mark or me? Oh, I'm asking you, Jay. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, no, they're not shapeshifters. Um, they're the Nordics are actually, um, as the storyline goes, um, if you go back probably about three thousand years, twenty five hundred years, something like that. Um, there, there's a story, and it's kind of it's kind of cool how I can play off of this, you know, as um, you know, as a sci-fi writer. You know, um, whether it's true or not, I don't, I don't know. I just right. think it makes for a great storyline. But there were, you know, if you go back to like Sumerian text and stuff like that, um, you know, they were visited by aliens and they were turned into what we are today and all that. But then you've got um, these lighter skinned, lighter haired um, Homo sapiens that came down from northern Europe, where it's cold, you know, uh, barely anything grows. You know, I mean, it's just, it's harsh conditions for, for a humanoid to spring up in, you know, when everybody was around, you know, the Sumerian Middle Eastern part of the world at the time. And they just kind of came out of nowhere. And that's kind of where the Nordic uh, storyline really goes to is the Nordics came down. They're supposed to be the protective alien species of the cosmos or whatever, you know. And they come down in this remote place in northern Europe and... Um, you know, and some of them decide to stay. And as they stay, they lose their technology and everything. They have to live off the land. And, you know, a couple hundred years later, you know, they're coming down from, from the hills, so to speak, and starting to integrate with the, the Sumerian race. And But, no, they're, they're, they're actually, the storyline uh, kind of talks about how everybody on Earth kind of comes from an alien species. Mm. You know, um it's not Darwinism. It's, you know, we came from somewhere else. Okay. Very cool. Well, Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about your story. So you've been in comics for, are in that field of like for about 25 years now. What got you into the artistry, the, the work that you're doing today? Well, yeah, um, I've been, um, ever since I was a kid, I, I wanted to draw, I wanted to, um, and I, I loved all the, the great TV shows, the Saturday morning TV shows that were on, the superheroes and the uh, movies that were on at that time. I mean, um, I always loved doing that. I like to draw those things. Um, and that's just what I wanted to do is draw cartoons and draw comics and things like that. And, you know, I went to, as I grew up and had some opportunities to, to do those things and went to college for the art and then... Um, I've been working in the in the design and graphics field and in cartoon and illustration field for for that 25 years, and um, my career has pretty much gone from graphic design, um, doing comic strips, uh, been working on greeting cards, um, logos, designs, uh, cartoons for for people, for businesses, um, comics or. Uh, comic book work for businesses in a way that's kind of a, an, an interesting uh, um, area that's developing is that the businesses are, and corporations are kind of getting into using comics to describe their programs and their annual reports and things like that. So that's kind of been an interesting area that I've gotten into, but anything art related, you know, design, um, you know, not just exclusively comic books, 
um, has just been always been, you know, top for me. I've always loved the art business. Um, and I've always liked sci-fi, fantasy, um, Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, monster movies, all kinds of stuff like that. It's all, uh, you know, Jay mentioned uh, the X-Files, you know, and Stargate and all those types of shows. I've always loved those. I've always grown up with those. So it's just always intrigued me. And um, that's kind of where it, it kind of brought me here together with Jay. Very, very cool. Well, now, so let's get into the Nordic itself. We've kind of been, uh, I know, Jay, you've been kind of uh, talking around a little bit and giving us a little bit of background. <laughs> you, you have a book that's that really, in a, I guess, a screenplay uh, turned into a book, has yeah. sold in seven different countries. You, you, you've had uh, so a real positive experience selling that. And now, right. now we're moving into the comic book phase of things. Tell us a little bit about your story without spoiling it, because we do want our readers to actually go and pick up the book eventually and the sure. comic book and so on. And maybe you can give them a link where we can find the book itself if they want to pick it up. But tell us a little bit about the story, the background. What set us up? Well, uh, the main character, the protagonist in the story is a guy by the name of William Davidson. And he's a amateur rugby player. Um, lives in uh, Surrey, England, um, Sunbury on Thames. And he, uh, he, you know, he's a guy that was working full time at the radio station and got cut down to part time. Is very disgruntled about it. Um, he got taken off the air and shoved in the newsroom to do these hokey news stories for the station because his boss is not the nicest guy and doesn't like William at all, you know, but for some reason he can't fire him. And, uh, William's aunt, uh, Aunt Margaret, uh, she's in, in local politics. She has a very high local office, and um, she's kind of a political uh, political monster, really. You know, when she's she's the kind of lady that when she talks to you, I always, you know, when I'm talk when Mark and I talk about it, um, I always refer to her as the Lex Luthor in the story. <laughs> you know, because. And I never really thought about it when I when I developed her. You know, it was just something that you know. I think I was you know uh, watching Superman one day or something like that, and it just dawned on me that's Aunt Margaret. Mm -hmm. You know, but she's she's very nice to his face. You know, and as soon as he's gone, she's plotting how to take him down because he is the heir to the family fortune. Mm. You know, and she wants that. She wants the big house. She wants the the family money and all that stuff. And her line of the family doesn't get it. So, and she's, she's a very power hungry, uh, lady. And so she's always trying to take him out. She has this, uh, this PR gal named Leanne Hill who, uh, meets William and, you know, they develop a kind of a friendly romance kind of thing. And, uh, you know, so she's kind of beside herself on, and she has orders to, to kind of plot how to take William out, but she's also kind of emotionally challenged by that. Um, and I'll tell you right now, no matter how much I tell you, I'm not going to blow it, okay. blow the story <laughs> for it. So uh, it's just it's one of those uh, stories that and I think Mark will agree with me on this. It's just it's too in depth. You know, I mean, it's it's got one of those concepts that uh, I don't think can it, it's it's so detailed and it can go on and on and on, you know, for for years. And I think that's the kind of story that, you know, when you develop a comic or a story that's that's going to go into a series, you want something that's going to have that longevity to it, you know, that, you know, you're always going to have tomorrow with that, with that story. Um, 
but William, you know, he he's got the the U.S. military. You know, they discover that you know he he's had contact with aliens, so now they want a piece of the pie, basically. But they have, but now they're on U.K. soil, so they're kind of trespassing. You know, so if and that's why I didn't place it here in the United States for one reason is because if if William was in contact with aliens here, he just would he'd be picked up in the middle of the night. You know, and over in the U.K., they have to be a little bit more cautious about it theoretically. Um, but of course, he's got the Men in Black chasing him too, and they want to take him down. He's got the Greys, which are the enemies of the Nordics. Uh, they're not exactly uh, thrilled with William, you know. And he's got a lot of people uh, going after him, and occasionally he's got the local law enforcement, you know, trying to figure him out. And this this guy just, you know, he he was kind of forced into it. Um, there's a, uh, another uh, heavy character called Bertil who is an actual Nordic, because um, they're supposed to be coming back. Um, and they can only come back, I think, like every 2,600 years because of how the planets align and, and all that. So now it's time. And um, he, of course, he introduces himself to William, and he plays kind of like the mentor and liaison uh, between William and the actual Nordics and tries to develop William's skills a little bit. And he has a lot of untapped... I want to say, I, was, I don't know if this is right or not, but Mark, I think, understands what I'm saying, too. But yeah, kind of a, a lot of new age powers, you know, like, you know, he has the telepathy thing that, that he can develop and uh, and things like that. ESP and he can't fly or anything like that yet. Um, but, if you know, if sales go down, maybe we'll we'll make him fly. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, but that's the cool thing about William is you don't know what his powers are going to be. You know, um, they're going to be very, I want to say very human powers, you know, things that are very empathetic, uh, but very powerful at the same time. And the story goes is that, you know, Bertil, the Nordics and uh, the human race have pretty much lost their history. And it's up to William to find out what that history is, what the truth is about how everybody got here, you know, um, how people you know, what the what the two races are actually doing now and how they can come back together. Um, but the Greys are there, and they've been interfering for quite a while, trying to keep things hush-hush. And there was a time when, you know, the church had the secrets, and now, you know, the politicians have the secrets because, you know, the, the shift of power over the centuries. And, you know, and so there's, there's just a faction out there. So you can call them the Majestic 12 or whatever you want to call them. Um, but they, they're trying to suppress that information from, from seeing the light of day because if people knew, then, that, then they would lose the power. And so, you know, William's got some people riding him, you know, chasing him down right. um, to stop that from happening. But, you know, uh, the Nordics and, and, of course, William being the chosen one to, to find out this stuff because he has the more perfect DNA. It's the most Nordic-like DNA, I guess, as, we have, as we've written it, um, as to why he's been chosen. Um, you know, it's their mission to find out. Right, right. Makes me makes me think of the truth that's out there, William. So yeah, annoying. I mean, no, you know, <laughs> there's a, the reason I mentioned the Exiles to begin with because there were three uh, three concepts, and I looked at it from a producer's standpoint. You know, uh, story wise, is you know the Stargate series, X Files, and Doctor Who. You know, and I kind of combined all three into the Nordic. You know, mm-hmm. it's not perfect. You know, from from any one of those, but combined, you know, and with with enough detail and enough storyline, you know, it makes for uh, an incredible story, you know, especially for the comic book genre. 
Well, and if you can get to and, and, and those stories, each of themselves are, are strong stories. If you can combine, you know, the strengths of those, you, you'll have a dynamite comic. Yep. And that's what I looked at because, I mean, you know, from a business standpoint, you, first you want something that's going to sell, you know, that's right. going to be able to breathe on its own. Um, but also uh, on a second tier, you want something that's going to um, have some worth, you know, right. when, when readers read your comic, you know, you want them to applaud it and, and say like, man, they, they really take their time on this. You know, they, they care about the readers. The writing is solid. The artwork is solid. Um you know, and the characters are solid, and I think if you have all three of those, you're going to have a, a pretty good product. No, absolutely. I love how you refer to, I'm reading on your website, that what, is it Leanne Hill, how she's called the hatchet woman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes, that's she, an, she that's, can get pretty that's mean. An, she's that's cute, an ominous. she can get mean. Yeah, that's an ominous title, the hatchet woman. <laughs> so, I love it. You know, and you find in the book, too, because um, she has to do all these evil things, but she's not really evil, but she can become that to keep her job, that she's turned into an alcoholic. So, <laughs> nice. so well, I'm sure we'll have fun with that down the line. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, so, so Mark creating the artwork for the Nordic, what are you, what are you drawing on as you, I, I assume the characters that we see the icons for on the webpage, which by the way is www.the-nordic.com, um, that the, that the icons we see, the characters, are they the representations we're going to see in the comic books? Are they being altered for the comics at all? I mean, how's this going? Yeah, I mean, these are, you know, they're, we're developing the characters, coming up with the looks. Um, you know, pretty much what you're, what you're seeing there are, are what we're probably going to stay with. Um, you know, as things do develop, things do sometimes change for different reasons, you know, art-wise or story-wise. Uh, but for the most part, um, those characters will be, you know, hell, that no one's going to have any sex changes or anything right. like that. Or no one <laughs> right. Be suddenly skinny, suddenly fat, suddenly who knows, whatever. But uh, um, for the most part, the the looks and the types of characters and the and their personalities will will be pretty much like that. Um, and it's fun to kind of come up with characters because you. Uh, uh, you're looking for something, you know, that people will like, but you're also looking for someone, you know, you're, for an original type um, face or character that that'll that'll look good, and you don't want to make it look like uh, like someone who's already out there or another character that's out there. So there's right. kind of challenges there, but oh yeah, it's always fun to to develop the characters because you're not only are you drawing a picture of William Davidson. Or drawing a picture of Leanne or our other character Bertil, you're bringing these people to life. Right. These are these are people that were on the written page, and now they're going to be brought into a visual world and into an imagination world, and and whatever kind of world you want to call. It. And uh, it's it's just exciting to be able to do something like that to just bring it to people and make it alive. Now, is that is that one of the things as you looked at this project that drew you to the project, or was there something else as you read and heard about, uh, you know, Jay's vision for the Nordic that really said, you know, I'm really connecting with this. I really want to do this. Yeah, it was a, a little a little of both. Um, when when Jay we first originally kind of pitched his idea and began explaining what he was wanting to do and the idea, I thought it was a neat idea. Um, I, I thought it was uh, something a little bit different than what is pr 
presented in a lot of places because you you know uh, from a lot of your travels and a lot of people you talk to, uh, aliens have been done a lot. Um, the the whole concept of aliens coming to Earth or or being here or us or the humans meeting aliens is just seems to be always on television or in stories or comic books somewhere. And when when Jay started talking about what he his idea was for it. And the idea that the, you know, the humans had descended from different races of alien cultures, I thought, well, there's something a little bit different there. There's something we could go and somewhere we can go and some ideas we can, we can explore for sure. Um, I, yeah, I think we've seen, you know, a lot of images where, you know, people are um, experiencing the, the standard looking uh, giant eyeballed alien looking in the window or sucking you off of the ground into a ship or something like that. And, and I think what we're coming up with here, what we're going to present is, is, is different and something that I, I don't think I've seen presented in a, in a, a large way um, in media. So I think it'll be fun for sure. Oh, very, very good. You know, I'm thinking of, I'm just thinking about in the past years, the, the types of movies that have been out involving aliens and we have aliens as a whole, and maybe this is an outlook on the human race a little bit more than anything, but our view of aliens are pretty destructive when they come to earth. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, how does, how does uh, the aliens that you have, I mean, you have some grays that are obviously the opposite faction of the Nordic in your book and in this storyline. Um, are we looking at aliens that we have to fear in mortal terror for, or is this something, is this a war that's being waged? It doesn't really involve humans. Well, right now it's, it's kind of a private war um, because the greys in the story have been here for a long time, suppressing that information. That's pretty much all that all they've been doing. You know, they're not, you know, as far as like the human experimentations and the, as, as, as Mark put it, and I loved how he put it, how they, you know, they suck them off the earth and then their ship. Um, you know, I mean, that stuff, okay, maybe that's a side to what they do or something like that, but it's all very discreet. You know, they're not launching missiles at cities and stuff like it's not war of the worlds or whatever, but the Nordics, um, were a race that were originally kind of protective. You know, they were, they were fighting the greys out there in the cosmos. So along with some other aliens, uh, species that, you know, didn't have, uh, the humans back you know, per se. Um, and so the Nordics come down really as, as, uh, you know, kind of, you know, our, our ancestors, you know, kind of, and they're here to, to kind of bring, you know, the truth to light. And that's pretty much all it is just an information war. You know, it's, um, I'm not saying it won't escalate, you know, because I think, you know, for action in the comic, it, it probably will, but, um, right now, as the story goes, it's an information war between, you know, the Nordics with William and also the Greys and, and some possible other alien species out there. Well, very, very good. All right. Well, now, so let's take – so the Nordic right now, it is in book form. Is that correct? It's in book form. I uh, took it off the shelf um, at the time I decided to, to switch it over to a comic book okay. format. But I also wanted to, to release it in book form, so that's already been done. Um, and I'll be re-releasing that, um, the re-edited uh, version, because I've also included some different elements in there and um, since uh, since last year. And that'll be coming out probably this next month. 
Okay. It's out the month after, so probably oh. July or August. And can they uh, find out about that by visiting the-nordic.com? You'll have right, information right. on that. Okay. Everything Nordic will be up there. Um, but, you know, it's. I think when you have a comic book, it, it's – yeah, I think with all the the independent comics that, that get out there uh, successfully, um, even for you know for how long ever long they last, um, because of my research, you know, it's kind of surprising how many don't, you know, and I, I, in the industry you have to you know faction off into books and graphic novels and really you know really go after it. Um, it's not enough just to put the comic book out. You also have to have companions to that comic book series. Uh, that's just part of the business, hmm. and of course, you know that with that comes the T-shirts and the posters and the uh, the action figures and all that stuff. So, on all that stuff's you know um, on the roster, but it's down the road a little bit. Um, of course, we you know this is the year that that we're launching the Nordic, and it, you know I kind of timed it that way when I decided to publish last year because you know you can't talk about a better year to launch a comic book series based on on this storyline being 2012 and December 21st coming up right and i mean it's a, it's perfect timing right so it's a great it's a great year to kind of push this idea forward um right. so the target date for the comic is what at this point um i'm thinking it's going to be august or september okay and uh, what needs to happen between now and September for this comic to get launched. Well, I'll tell you, it's been in <laughs> it's been in development for for uh, for a long time, and um, it's it's had an odd road getting to where it is. You know, with being pitched to um, you know production companies and then also being turned into a book. It's not the usual route, I don't think, for for a comic book to to get launched. But um, the comic itself. Um, being the, the the king genre, if you will, for the series. Um, when we started out, you know, Mark and I were thinking, you know, like a lot of people just doing, you know, a few stores and, and growing. You know, it's, it's common practice, you know, as a business model to, to do it that way. But I started calling around um, probably around uh, March or April. And we've, you know, nationally, we've gotten already about 123 stores on board with us. We weren't prepared for that. Um, and you know, I'm, I plan on making more phone calls, but, uh, to get, you know, that number up to about two to 300. And when you're looking at the distribution expense for that, you're, you're getting into some serious money and that's where, you know, we're launching the Kickstarter campaign and, um, we're doing that to, to help raise that revenue, to get that up, get that capital up to where we need it. We just weren't expecting that many stores to come on board so fast. Um, but when you, you know, when I pitch them the PowerPoint and I, and I talk with them about the series and whatever, they're more than happy. I haven't had a store yet. Turn me down. You know, it's just, it's been a matter of just making the phone call. Mm. So, uh, in raising those funds, of course, for people that are familiar with Kickstarter, and I think a lot of people are, um, you know, we'll be under the comics, uh, section under there. And, um, and that's where people, you know, potential readers can, can back us on that and help us out a little bit with, with getting the, the Nordic out there and to all the stores that, you know, that are, that are willing to put it on their shelves. Hmm. Well, very, very good. And so once, once that process gets going, um, you know, Mark, is a lot of the artwork done or does a lot of it still need to be created? I mean, where are we at with, with the, with the comic itself being created? Well, we're, we're, uh, still developing some of the, uh, 
looks of characters now that the current characters are are developed and we're thinking about you know other characters we'll be doing down the road we're working on um creating some of the pages now for the for the book um so it's a process that just as we as we begin to to write the pages and starting to draw them and get them produced that's where we are right now okay all right well I think this is, gives us a good feel for the Nordic. Anything else you want to say before we uh, kind of wrap things up here? Well, just that uh, uh, if people you know take time to visit us at the the main website, which is as you mentioned is uh, www.the-nordic.com, they'll get a lot of information on there. We've also got the uh, the Facebook page, uh, which is just under the Nordic. Um, we've also got the Twitter account for the Nordic, all those things to, to kind of keep up on, um, you know, current news and development for the series. Um, and of course, we'll, of course, we also have the Kickstarter page, uh, that they can, they can visit and back us on, which we really appreciate, you know, everybody that, that takes time to do that. Um, and there's also a lot of great gifts on that Kickstarter oh, yeah. page that, that people can, uh, can get. You know, uh, signed comics, signed posters, you know, shirts, um, you know, a chance to talk with Mark and I, you know, um, lots of great things. Mark, I, I think Mark's even given out some original uh, artwork for the series. Yeah, uh, some, uh, some sketch cards and things like that. Um, we might even be able to, to offer, um, you know, some comic art. And one of my favorites on there is that uh, a certain giving level you you actually could be could make a guest starring appearance in one of the issues yes. of um, we will actually write your your likeness and your name into the story and you can actually live within the story for an issue which i think is yeah. a, a really neat idea i mean i haven't really heard anything like that done before and it's a, it's a neat opportunity for someone for sure it's kind of like a walk on role Exactly. Yes. You know, but I, I promise that, you know, and Mark and I joked about this. We promised not to treat, you know, any of those backers like, like Olsen from Star Trek. Right. You know, like, you know, like that extra, you know, you know, that guy's going to die. Right, right. <laughs> so, but, um, but it'll be a, a positive experience that, you know, for everybody. And also, you know, we're, we're, I'm still very much pursuing, uh, you know, stuff with uh, production of it. You know, um, I think that's that's Mark's, Mark and I's main goal after after we get the comic launched is um, pursuing some uh, more moving visual element, you know, for the Nordic, whether it be on TV or something like that. Uh, and that'll be, you know, that'll be years down the road. But, you know, it's something that it's a goal that we have because um, I I still, you know, even years later, I still think it would make for a great show. Right. Well, you, you think about how many comics have made the transition either into television or into movies. Uh, and the, the medium translates for a while. Well, I mean, you know, since 1880, um, I'm trying to remember what the numbers are, but I think there's been like 3 million books published since 1880. And um, I was reading on IMDb one day how like, I think it was like 42, 45,000 of them have actually been turned into films. That's like 2% of the books. But then you look at the comic book market, you know, and the comic book market only has like like 400 some comics out there, you know, today to be turned into films. And you look at about nine out of 10 films, you know, are sci-fi or fantasy. I know. You know, yeah. and so how many of those are actually based off an already existing comic? 
You know, the number's much smaller for, for uh, or much, I should say, the number's smaller for uh, comics, but the potential for it, you know, to be turned into an actual, you know, on-screen vehicle is enormously better than it is for just a book. Hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that, that, you know, I think Mark and I are looking at. The, the positive aspects of getting, this, getting that done, you know, from the original concept of when I wrote the screenplay, you know, and through the comic book, uh, genre, I think is, is pretty doable, yeah. you know, especially, you know, depending on, on where the, where the, the TV or the film market is, you know, for that, for that time. Right. Um, it, it could be an attractive storyline. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, Jay and Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure sitting down with you and chatting with you about the Nordic. And we are looking forward to some really good things coming out of this comic book. Well, sure. Appreciate time spending with you, Scott. And I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us and, um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. So listeners, yeah. as you're, t- as you're listening to, to this, Mark, we want to get your comments before we wrap up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but say to, 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 listeners, as you're listening to this, check out the, the Nordic.com. Uh, the, there's information, there's teasers there. You can find out a little bit more about the Indiegogo campaign that they have going and you can help support and get this comic off the ground and heck, you can even earn a walk on roll and there's nothing cooler than that. Right, Mark? That's it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really it. You know, this is a side note. We did have an author one time take myself and Miles and put us into one of the Star Trek novels as one of oh, as, as one of Scotty's engineers. He didn't redshirt us. We were worried about that, but he didn't. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I think that's really cool. What you guys are doing. Thank you again so much for joining us. Thank, Thank you, Scott. You.